When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Escalated very, very quickly. We thought we'd be having three players to talk to you about. We have a total of eight today and 11 for the whole draft. What's up? Welcome in to the CHGO Draft Day Live, our third show in three days, our last, our last Draft Day Live. It has been a marathon. Great work by everybody. We are presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO to get your free bets up to $2,000 and live your bet life. We've all been living our best lives the last three days, our draft lives. And uh, everybody give themselves a round of applause. A lot of hard work. Nick's been at Hallis. Will had to drive five hours last night in the middle of the night. Lawrence has wait till you see all the special stuff Lawrence has for us going today for this show. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's up guys? How How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. If I would have known the Bears would have traded back a hundred times to start off this afternoon morning, I would have just stayed in Chicago overnight and made the drive this morning. Like I just wish I would have known that ahead of time. Yeah, yeah Adam, it was funny. Polls. <laughs> Definitely did. When we got right when we got into like the media workroom and the draft hadn't even started yet, technically. And the Bears made two two trades. It's like, what's going on? Like this is we already knew that we were in for a long day because we're like, oh, there's only three picks today. We're, we'll be out of here maybe relatively soon. Hell no. <laughs> Ryan Bowles and the Bears are like, that's not happening. We are going to, you know, we're going to we're gonna get m- as many picks as possible. And they did that. And I'm okay well, with it. Like, again, like I, I, you know, I was complaining about the drive overnight, which I really was and just kind of making a joke there. But I understand it like this team needs a lot of bottom end talent. And we talked about that on the show throughout the last few weeks. So how like small really the roster is and they need to kind of fill it. And the fact that they're filling it with, you know, young guys at these positions. I mean, offensive line was addressed four times today here. So uh, I'm excited mm-hmm. about this. I'm calling it a youth infusion uh, to this Bears roster that it wasn't that long ago. It was like one of the oldest in the NFL. It's like, It's much needed. Well, by the way, you're allowed to complain about having to drive that far in the middle of the night. <laughs> in, uh, I'm what is already a crazy uh, weekend that uh, there's not a lot of sleep to begin with. So that's okay. Well, we're here with you. We have 11 picks. Basically, this show is going to be very simple. We're going to go through the entire draft class and tell you what we know about all these guys, how we feel about it. Um, and then we will be back Monday with Olin Krutz in studio to talk about some of the undrafted guys that have been free that have been signed and also get his thoughts on all of the offensive linemen from, uh, from today as well, because there were quite a few. So let's do this thing. Let's start. You see it. If you're watching on YouTube, the entire draft class, 11 players drafted uh, this, I just looked this up. This is the most players the Bears have drafted in one year since 2008 when they drafted 12 players. Jerry Angelo took 12 players that year. That was a draft that included Chris Williams, uh, Matt Forte, yes, Mm -hmm. Uh and uh, Earl Bennett was in that draft. Craig Stelz was in that draft. Kellen Davis was in that draft. Zach Bowman was in that draft. 
And then we just won't mention any of these seventh rounders. There were five seventh rounders in that draft class. Uh, you remember a Marcus Monk? I was going to say Marcus Monk. <laughs> yeah. I don't. That was, that was that year. That was three GMs ago, guys. So Ryan Poles jumping on the draft train, trading back a bunch today just to get guys in the building. And there are some, there are some intriguing ones. But we're going to go back to last night, first of all, and talk about the first pick made at number 39. And that was Kyler Gordon the cornerback out of Washington, 5'11", just shy of six feet, if we're being honest, 194 pounds. And you just hear um, Matt Eberflus talk about him after the draft today. Nick, you were there. Give us what your first impression was hearing from the head coach today. We heard what Ryan Poles had to say yesterday. What did the head coach have to say about Kyler Gordon tonight? Yeah, so with... Eber, or what Eberflus said about Gordon with Brisker, just guys that are around the football playmakers. And it was funny. Um, Ryan Poles was saying, you know, obviously our guy, our head coach is a defensive minded guy. So anytime you can get those kind of guys, he's going to be happy about it. Say to be happy with offensive players too. But those are guys that they relatively see as coming in, competing and ultimately winning starting jobs. So obviously anytime you can add players like that, you're, you're going to increase the level of the back end of your defense. And Pulse said it in yesterday's presser. Like, he didn't expect either one of those guys to be available when they picked them. So when they were there, again, stuck to the board, best player available, were able to immediately upgrade that secondary. And like, at least here, I mean, we talked about it last night. I mean, Nick, again, congratulations uh, on, you know, the, the night before and tweeting it out and talking to us on the show about that being a guy that you would want to take there. Uh, with the 39th pick, but and making me. Will take a shot on Malort because yeah, of it. that's that's <laughs> that was awesome. something we'll talk about. <laughs> now, see, I'm already choking up, man. Yeah, when he said he's just thinking about the Malort is choking him up. When he said congratulations, he really meant damn you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I saw that on the social. That was great. You guys did a great yeah. job with that. I was laughing, but it, it was awesome. No, I still got that taste in my mouth of the like rubber bandy kind of just grossness that comes with it. (laughs) But no, like Kyler Gordon, guys, like, you know, ball production, athlete, big hitter. And then like the the character guy behind it, like he checks all the boxes that the Bears have been looking for to add to this team, add to this secondary. And he's someone that I'm excited to have here uh, in Chicago, watch him develop. He should be an instant plug and play, uh, immediately upgrade this defense and uh, obviously that makes things a little bit harder for opposing quarterbacks when they don't just have to pick on one side of the field. Like they're going to have to think about it here. And he's someone that can read, react and make plays on the football in the air with that athleticism, make some really good adjustments. Uh, the more film I watched him today, pre-draft uh, my limited sleep, it made me feel you know really good about it uh, even more so than yesterday. Yeah. I actually have some of his tape up right now. It's what I'm looking at up at. And it's just like every play, um, granted it's a highlight reel what I'm watching right now, but every single play it's like he's getting his hands on the football, whether that's in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one interception he had where he tiptoes along the sidelines is like, he looks like a wide receiver and it's an yep. NFL wide receiver because he gets both feet down. Um, which I happen to notice then he, you know, he's knocking the ball loose. Uh, you know, just with a forced fumble, he's getting in the backfield with a tackle for loss, uh, flying into the backfield. So I can certainly see why the Bears uh, targeted Kyler Gordon with that pick. And we're happy that he was available. I know everybody was looking for them to trade back last night, but when somebody like that falls, uh, falls back, I, I understand why they, they stuck with it because he really does seem like to be a, like a perfect fit for this defense. He does. Cause like he fits that zone so well because he's so twitchy. Uh, like he can mm-hmm. read react and like how he can break on a receiver or break on a ball, like in his area, in that area of the field uh, in a hurry, it's going to just suit him so well in this cover too, where he can watch the quarterback's eyes, see where he's going with it and just go, you know, see ball, get ball. And I'm excited to see uh, when you guys get some reports from, you know, OTAs, whatever you're allowed to tell us versus, you know, the progression we see in training camp preseason come week one. Like I expect this guy to be the real deal. Yeah. We'll have rookie mini camp next weekend. Um, So we'll get to Mm -hmm. see these guys uh, in person very quickly. And let's move on to the second pick since we do have a lot to get through. Uh, You know, we've covered drafts where there's been five selections total. So this is a busy draft. Uh, Jaquan Brisker being that second pick taken at number 48. Um, Look, every 
GM is going to be always say, we got our guy. This is who we targeted. This is who we wanted all along. But it seems genuine when these guys say that they were ecstatic that Jaquan Brisker mm-hmm. fell to number 48 and they did not expect him to be there at that spot. Little over 6'1", 206 pounds out of Penn State. Um, second team All-American, all first team All-Big Ten, team captain, a guy that I, I really feel like will be a culture fit. And Eberflus tonight talking about both Gordon and Brisker called them big, long players who bring playmaking ability. He mentioned the word takeaways. They play the ball. So when you think about guys in this defense, specifically in the secondary, that they're going to try to target, that's why they've gone after Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. What was your reaction, Nick, just being at House Hall, hearing what they had to say uh, about Brisker tonight? No, I, I want to say that I think I've opened up a little bit more to the Brisker pick because initially when I saw it happen, it's like, okay, the Bears address their secondary, but where's the offensive? And obviously they get Vilas Jones um, a pick later. But like you said, Adam, he is somebody that I think is a good culture fit, but is going to be an enforcer on that back end. And, you know, for a guy that had 962 career coverage snaps and only had one touchdown, hey, that is also a benefit too for especially all the blown coverages we saw last season for the Bears, the very first game and the very last game. We saw that from the back end, those safeties not touching people down. So you get two immediate impact guys, but a guy like Brisker I think fits like what Iberflus was saying. Someone that's a playmaker is going to help create those turnovers. So And it ended up being their best player on their board. So you can't fault the Bears in their process of how they landed with Brisker. So I would say from last night to today, definitely open up more to the pick. And, you know, I love what he told both Polt and Eberflus on the phone that night. You know, you just got the steal of the draft. Like, I love that confidence. And I think Coach Flus said, you know, like, use that, bottle that. Don't forget this feeling and let's use that on the field. And uh, I expect that to come uh, in fruition. But, again, like another physical kind of player with the ball skills that we're going to need in this defense to kind of change the tone. And this is a position, you know, strong safety that ever since they let Adrian Amos walk, They've just decided we're just going to try one-year deals uh, to these veterans. And obviously that has not panned out for a long-term answer at the position. So I do find it ironic. And I tweeted this earlier that they decided like, we'll fix it by drafting another Penn state safety. Like Adrian name is 2.0 maybe in a way. So I love this pick. He's someone that, and again, like Adam, you can even speak on it some more too. Like another guy that perfectly fits on the field, but also and equally as important, like culture wise locker room player that, you know, they're going to really appreciate having here at Hellas Hall. Yeah, um, I can speak to it. I, you know what? I had forgotten that he was the one that caught that um, interception on Graham Mertz uh, in the end zone right mm-hmm. at the end of that open season opening game at Camp Randall this year. And that, uh, as I have this playlist constantly going on my TV up here of different uh, plays made by the Bears draft picks, uh, that one keeps coming up. So thank you very much for that. Um, but, you know, that play is a perfect example because, first of all, it's crunch time. The Badger's about to go in to score a touchdown, which would win the game with an extra point. And he just makes a very good read on the quarterback with his eyes on a play where Jake Ferguson, who also got drafted today um, by the Cowboys, beat his man off the line. And Brisker just read the eyes of the quarterback, snuck it in the middle field, snatched the ball away to seal a win. It's a, it's a huge play. Those are the types of plays that the bears want to see their secondary make. So um, I'm, I'm, I, I think that that's just good value with both of those picks, quite frankly, two guys um, that got picked in a spot where you're feeling good about the value in, with the fact that they did not trade it back there. So um, by the way, I just want to say thanks to everybody joining us here. It's a late on Saturday. It's been, I mean, it's not that late. It's like eight o'clock, but everybody's got good things to do on a Saturday night. And they've probably been with us through the whole weekend. So I'm, I'm happy with all the people that are here. I hope everybody has a beverage as they tune in and enjoy the, uh, what do you got there? Don't tell me that's that, sh- that lemon. The only shady. thing that was in the fridge after today, Adam, I didn't care what it was. I'm like, just okay. get me some kind of beverage. I, I need something because it was a hell of a day. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that specific 
I love mm. Goose Island. I love three one two, but the three one two Shane okay. thing is just the, I I got Basil Hayden going here. Okay. Um, to, okay. To end the day. Necessary. Now, after the Malort, I decided I need a day off. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair H two O. Yeah. Well, that's probably smarter go. smarter than us. I was, you know, also speaking to our our viewers right now and our listeners as I hope that they're enjoying the Saturday night after the Bears drafted eleven players. So let's go to the next one, Valus Jones Jr., the wide receiver out of Tennessee, who also spent four years at USC before transferring to Tennessee. This is the guy who will be 25 years old come week one. Actually, in about 12 days, he'll be uh, 25 years old. And just shy of under six feet, 204 pounds. Uh, The Bears drafted a couple of guys who fit the idea of being a returner. That's one area the Bears have definitely strengthened themselves throughout this draft uh, is in the return game. But you also get the sense, guys, that Valus Jones is going to be somebody that they insert into the offense and get him the football. Sort we, I think we've talked already a little bit about like a Tariq Cohen type role, but this guy's bigger. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. some legit size to him. He's you know he, he's like uh, sort of in between Cordero Patterson and Tariq Cohen, right? Mm-hmm. But he's you watch his highlights and he is running through guys. He's running through tackles. It's not just he's not quite as shifty, obviously as as a Tariq Cohen. I don't know that his route running ability is quite as good. But once he gets the football, he's not only able to use his speed. But he can use that size too to break tackles. He can. And that's the thing. Like, he's not going to, like, you know, dice up guys. Like, he's almost like when he has that football in his hands, like, he can make people miss. But oftentimes, he's like that semi truck where he's just going to run some people over. And I think, you know, Poles mentioned it last night uh, about when Tyreek Hill came to the Chiefs and like he didn't have that much of a route treat, but he worked on it, honed in that craft. And that's how he's been able to blossom uh, to the player that we see now in the NFL, that superstar uh, in the league. And I'm not saying Jones is going to become to the same kind of pedigree uh, of Tyreek, but he is someone that can still kind of raise the bar of, you know, what he can offer the bears by continuing to work hard. And I believe he will do that, refine his game and his value in offense should only go up as time passes on. But he's someone that, you know, the Bears should be more, you know, inclined to run the screen game. And, you know, Byron Pringle can be a big part of that. Bayless Jones Jr. can take that, you know, take it and make it as well. You know, a guy who can just catch an easy slant or a shallow cross and make a few guys miss and make a big play out of it. He's someone that I expect a lot, of, you know, not a lot, but a decent amount of looks dialed up for him, you know, each and every week just to give him a shot to make a big play happen. And he has the potential each and every time he has that football in his hands to score. I agree with that, Will. And I see a comment here from Julian. Valus is slow. Man ran a 4-3-1. I don't know how much faster you want this guy to be. He he, he definitely has some speed. And a, a lot of what these picks, especially on day three for the Bears, and they all have this special teams component like a Valus Jones Jr. What Ryan Poles was kind of saying today in his presser was that it's a it was a big component for them when they were kind of valuing picks. And a big reason is like, the guys that have special team that can contribute on special teams are also dressing on game day. So you can evaluate these guys as opposed to maybe players that are more, you know, just they just don't have that type of versatility being on special teams. But Valus, in terms of being not only a dynamic deep threat, does give you that kick return dynamic as well. So another pick where you're getting a lot of assets out of a particular player. So uh, something that the Bears need to do, right? Add some more weapons around Justin Fields and end up being the one wide receiver that they actually drafted. Yeah, and I know they have some undrafted guys, and you guys will talk about that Monday, and there's no reason to do that now. But I just want to at least mention, if someone doesn't know that, like they are addressing the position as we speak. But, you know, Bayless Jones is someone that I did my homework on, and I really like his game and the physicality he plays with uh, at the receiver position. And, you know, just hearing him talk a little bit, Uh, as well during his press conference about uh, his grandpa being in the military, like a Marine and like taught him how to like, you know, really just take punishment. Uh, Honestly, I don't think those are the exact words, but that's how I'm going to take it. Like take punishment, uh, absorb contact. And just, you know, I think he said like be a man. Uh, And so for me, uh, that's exciting to hear that kind of attitude. And he is someone that I know the age is a thing. And Adam, we talked about that last night, but if they can have a dude four years and then end up like he's 29 and you want to keep him around for another two to three year deal, that's still great. Like that's seven years down the road. I think the bears are worried about, you know, 2022, 2023, 2024. 
we'll get to that next chapter, but he's a guy that can contribute now in this era and Justin Fields rookie contract that window. And I appreciate that. And I expect him to really be, you know, he's going to be a playmaker in a couple different phases. And we haven't even talked about that. He's a gunner. Like he can go out there and make tackles and punt coverage as well. So that's another element of his game. That's a ton of value. Punt returner, kick returner, punt gunner, and a gadget guy on offense. Uh, Debo is another name we mentioned yesterday. And, uh, it was interesting that we mentioned it with you, me, and Owen, Adam. And then Poles mentioned both Hill and you know Debo in his press conference. So it's it made me feel good when I was driving home to listen to that. It gave me a little extra juice to make it all the way back home. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you needed that ju- juice too. Yeah. Like which which my which uh, I'm trying to think of like what point you would have gotten to where you're just like I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like what part of I-65? Lafayette, like that's it. Like when I get that, when you get past the windmills and you're just like, Mm -hmm. come on. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know I have two more hours. Like this is the, that's the halfway point for me is Lafayette. And I waved to David Bell for you both, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. We tried. Yeah. You know, and then they lower the speed limit there in Lafayette for some reason, which makes no sense. And you're just like, come on, why, why do I got to slow down? I, I, it's I, the I, curves. Like they just feel, feel like you can't handle the curves at 70, but 65 is acceptable. I want to get to Lafayette as fast as possible. I want the speed limit to go up. <laughs> I, I love how you say it though. Lafayette, very fancy. Uh, I don't know if it's just like, cause like at least in Indiana, it's just like Lafayette. Like it's, Lafayette, we, pronou- West Lafayette. We, we pronounce so much things wrong though. There's a town named Hobart but it's actually supposed to be not pronounced Hobart. And it's just, yeah, it's, there's so many of them and it's not, we're not going to talk about in this show. We can take that offline, but it's interesting. Well, you know, I like Indy for sporting events. The rest of the state. Yeah. Have you been to Bloomington much? You know what? I went to Bloomington um, for that uh, Northwestern Indiana game two years ago that the Hoosiers just blew them out. Um, was it two or three years ago now? It was a while ago now. Was it the COVID year, like as like a reporter? Yeah, but was that COVID year? I don't think that was COVID. I want to say that was 2019 because it had to be because I flew to Philadelphia the next day for a Bears Eagles game, which also went very, Ooh. very poorly. Uh, <laughs> I think that was the game where they had like seven yards offense or something in the first half. <laughs> Maybe it was a quarter, but sounds it was about awful. right. Um, so anyway, that I was impressed with the atmosphere. That was the year Indiana was really good. If, if the year were really good. Oh, I then mean, it was the COVID year. It was the it was year a, they were starting to get good, I think. Okay, there we go. Because I was going to yeah. say, the year we can play football, there's no one in the stands. And then yeah. once you put fans in, they forget how to play football. But yeah. it's a basketball school, or at least that's what I've been told. Yeah, it's a basketball school. That's all right. Um, anyway. Yes, I'm glad you're I'm glad, the point is, I'm glad you're home safe. I don't know where I was going with that at that point, but um, we're going to move on to the next Bears draft pick, which this is where chaos started to ensue today because mm-hmm. it was just Bears trade back, Bears trade back, Bears trade back. Are they ever going to make a pick? But it led to acquiring a ton of draft picks. And there was you know, a couple interesting wrinkles in there with previous trades that were made because one of the trades, the first trade, I believe, was with the chargers and that six mm-hmm. round pick the bears acquired for next year, they trade it back to the chargers and get two sevenths, which ended up being the last two picks of the draft um, that we'll get to coming up here. There was also the fifth rounder that they acquired for Anthony Miller, which I'm still stunned. They got a fifth rounder from Houston for Anthony mm-hmm. Miller. Mm-hmm. Yep. Texas didn't even keep him. Well, they flipped that. They moved back that fifth rounder, they get a different fifth rounder and add a six rounder. So Anthony Miller turned into a fifth and sixth round pick. I guess you have to give credit to both Ryan Pace and Ryan Pulse for that, even though the <laughs> draft pick was a mistake and they did trade a future second rounder uh, when Ryan Pace made that move to get Anthony Miller. At least he recouped some draft capital and it turned into two players for the Bears uh, today. So you, you can at least say that. Anyway, after all the trades, the first pick made today was an offensive lineman, offensive tackle Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. Big player um, who was under-recruited. He grew up in Utah, got a preferred walk-on offer from Utah at the last minute, but ended up going to Southern Utah, spent a lot of time there, red-shirted, needed to develop. This is a developmental pick. He's still got some work to do, guys, but 
you know, I watched some of his uh, senior bowl film today from the practices and it's, it's not bad. And I have to imagine that that senior bowl um, week and those practices probably had a, a lot to do with the bears picking him, but this is a guy who's got traits that, um, you know, you match up his traits with some some other guys in this draft, and he's comparable to first round some of the first-round picks. Mm-hmm. But he's got a long way to go before he's going to put all that together um, and and turn that into to good film, especially at the NFL level, as he makes a big jump up from the FCS level. Yeah, like he's... No, he's not the most athletic, most athletic. If he was, he would have been regarded, you know, higher in his draft class, but he has, you know, functional athleticism where he's going to be able to execute what the bears are looking for, you know, in this outside zone scheme. Uh, he's, you know, he has, uh, as you and I talked about earlier, Adam, in our like our instant analysis, like that prototypical uh, size uh, that you're looking for uh, at the position. Uh, and he's just a, a little bit raw and it's like the fundamentals. But what I heard coach talk about, and I know it's on defense, but I believe it kind of is for the entirety of this football team. Like they trust this coaching staff to develop football players. And that's something that mm-hmm. the previous regime could not do. They could not take these guys and develop them and make them better, you know, in terms of like, like you got, you draft a guy here, like and grow him. I didn't see many players grow in Chicago over the past few years. It seems like people were almost kind of like, getting limited uh, just a, a little bit. So I like this pick a lot with all the upside, a really high ceiling. And uh, he has a lot of, you know, he has a high football IQ. You see it on film. You hear the scouts talk about it. And, you know, I love the fact that, you know, he's coming from the sky conference and he went to the senior bowl and he, when he was out there. And like you said, Adam, like he was holding his own a little bit. And I saw a quote from the draft network and he's like, you know, when I was out there and I did that, like, I can tell myself like, Hey, I actually belong here. And like, that's kind of cool for him to kind of have that moment. And now he has another moment of being drafted to the Chicago bears. And now he's in a competition with Larry Borm or Tevin Jenkins. And, you know, we'll, we'll shake it out as it comes to fruition, but let's see what he can do. But I I love the pick. Yeah. Braxton Jones, he came off as very genuine in his press conference. Super. I honestly, it's really nice. Like someone asked him, like, do you have like a mean streak? Do you have to turn it on? And he's like, yes, I don't. He said, it's not the exact quote, but he's like, I just don't want to be a dick for no reason. So he's like, he does that on the football field. I'm like, okay, I like that. I like that, Brax. So he knows, again, um, when to turn it on. And, like, he has uh, – someone put in the comments here, the arm length. He's got 35 and 3-inch three three arms. Like, he can keep those offensive or the defensive edge players at bay – with those arms, even if he doesn't have the, the the best athleticism, he just needs to grow into it. But I think the senior bowl and the bears actually drafted a couple of players that participated in this senior bowl. That was huge for a lot of the evaluations that kind of went on at house hall and determining where these guys are, are at, where they value them and what they kind of showed on a bigger stage from some of these, um, you know, players that didn't play against the best competition. So the senior bowl was big and that definitely applies for Braxton Jones. And, you know, I mentioned like, you know, the, the Bears believe in their coaching staff. And I mentioned this earlier, but I want to make sure I say it in the podcast too. Like he's a guy that is self-admittedly coachable. Like he has that growth mm-hmm. mindset and wants to be coached up. And if you have a good coaching staff, a good room of teachers and someone that's eager to learn and has, you know, all of those physical tools, like he is just a, you know, a marble and let's go chisel away and let's see what we can make. It's a great kind of blend of, you know, both sides coming together there. Well, I made the case a lot the last few days leading up to the draft about how the Bears had to get some guys in here that can get on the field uh, early. But that was with six draft picks in mind, you know. So if you're going to d- mm-hmm. basically double that, then you can afford to draft some guys in there that mm-hmm. have higher upsides that are traits picks. And they may bust out. It may not work. But you can take those swings. And if you are going to do that, I love the approach the Bears took, which is, you know, they got those guys early that they know they can get out on the field. Like the picks last night on Friday were the guys that you know are going to play early on. And then today you kind of a mix. You have you have some guys um, that will get – I mean, I don't want to blow them all here, but we're like a Treston Ebner uh, – the running back from Baylor who can probably can contribute on special teams pretty early on somebody like that. And then you have a couple guys here, their first two picks in the fifth round that are more traits guys. Like, I don't know if Braxton Jones necessarily, um, you know, makes the, the 53 to start the season. Like he may, he may need some time on the practice squad. Of course, being a fifth round pick, I don't know if you can make that work 
because he'd have to clear right. waivers. Well, that'll be a conversation maybe we have in August. But the point is, like, you have some time to develop him a little bit. The next pick that we'll get to here as well at 174 in the fifth round, Dominique Robinson, who was a wide receiver at Miami, Ohio, before becoming a defensive end. And that was a four down front that Miami, Ohio ran. He's huge. What a big wide receiver he must have been at 6'5", 253. Yeah. Um, they turn him into a defensive end, which is sometimes you see that transition happen between tight ends and defensive ends. But to go from wide receiver and you just put on the film and he is explosive. Like he gets off the line. He's got crazy athletic uh, traits. Ryan Poles talked tonight about grading the flashes. He got some advice. Mm -hmm. He didn't say who it was from, but he had some mentor that told him um, grade the flashes. You see the length, the explosiveness, and the bend for him. Again, though, he's raw. He's barely been doing this on the defensive side of the football, but you give him some time, and these are back-to-back -back picks in the fifth round, Braxton Jones and, and Dominique Robinson, who could pay off long-term. They could bust out, but with 11 picks, you could afford to take those gambles. You really can. And, you know, uh, I'll toot my own horn one more time because this is someone else that I mocked to the Bears in the same mock draft as Valus Jones. So obviously someone in the scouting department is a member of allcshow.com in reading these articles. Yeah, but see, what you don't realize is every time you do that, the guys at DNVR are going to make you take a Malort shot. I so know. I don't know that you want to be taking credit for this stuff. But I don't have it here unless they're going to fly here and bust through my door and you know force it down my throat. I feel okay at this moment. But see, it could happen later on. I purposely got all of my mock draft wrong. Well, it was, <laughs> I except the Jack sure. Sandboard because the Bears did sign him as UDFA later. So, you know, mm. uh, I'll have to own that Shot. one. But otherwise, I knew it was coming. So I purposely got all the picks wrong so I didn't have to drink any Malort. <laughs> but, but no, Adam, you had a really good point. Like, they can be patient uh, with a guy like Dominique Robinson because you have a Robert Quinn. They signed an Al Quinn and Muhammad. You have Travis Gibson, who's another young up-and-comer. Uh, Jeremiah Tachu, someone that, Maybe he can play a defensive end. He did in the Chargers early, early on in his career. Uh, let's see if they can kind of get him part of that rotation here again. And if so, that gives them some time. But Coach Eberflus talked about, like, he's kind of gushing over a guy like this. Like, oh, we're going to coach him up. And he's done such a good job of that throughout his career, like having you know, not a household name to work with at defensive end, but really getting the most out of it. So after some time, he should be able to develop. And I saw in the chat like a bunch of times, like freak, like he is an athletic freak. He has all the traits uh, that you're looking for. Fluid mover in space, super athletic, explodes off the line. Like you said, uh, Adam, and I saw another comment that said like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't, but there are like those flashes that is like, he looks like a natural fit at the position and he's just so new at it. And so that excites me that get some hands on him, work with him for a while let him know what he's doing. And if once he is like at that point, I think he can be really dangerous and you traded away Khalil Mack. Why not give you a chance to develop someone that I'm not going to say is a Khalil Mack, but they can be a starting defensive end in this defense that gets you double digit sacks every season down the line. Yeah, it's definitely going to be on the coaching staff to develop him up in that way. He was someone that was on my radar at the senior bowl. He kind of just chiseled like a Greek God. I remember like saying that like that guy is ripped and he's going to go win this rep. And he actually ended up doing that. But yeah, he admitted in his press conference, like he is really, really raw at the position. Like Adam was saying, he was a wide receiver before that. He was a dual threat college quarterback. So it's a guy that played on offense, then finally transitioned to the defense side, but he's been working on a repertoire, just gaining a repertoire of pass rush moves. He said he singled out Leonard Floyd as somebody like body top body type wise that he can kind of look at. Also mentioned guys like TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. I'm like, okay, those are, you know, the elites of the elites. But it's good to have – you're looking up to the best of the best and try to see how you can mold certain things into your game. But, yeah, it is a project. He knows that. And now it's going to be up to his coaching staff to take that raw, raw talent and get into something and hopefully a contributor for this Bears defense. Maybe not this year, but uh, at least in year two. I can see pass rush specialist year one. Uh, like Adam, I think you and I said earlier when we we're just kind of talking about it, like just just go get the quarterback. I, I yeah, I, was, I brought up Mark Anderson's name. Yeah, okay. You know, you know just the yeah. way he was used, it was you know he wasn't really ready to be an every down defensive end, and he never really even became that. But you know they put him on on the field in obvious pass rush situations, and um, 
you know, he pot his his like sack to snap ratio as a rookie was just insane. Mm-hmm. So um, that could that could be a role. I mean, he's definitely one of those guys that I just cannot wait to see when the pads go on in training camp. Um, and he very well may just get like put on his ass right away. You know, he's got he's got to learn yeah. technique. But I guarantee he's also going to go blow by you know Tevin Jenkins a couple times too. Um, in some of those one-on-ones. So he's going to be a fun guy to watch in training camp. All right, getting to the next pick as we move into the sixth round. Uh, Zachary Thomas, offensive lineman from San Diego State, um, who was a tackle there, played left tackle there. I think most likely he will be moving to guard. Um, But I don't know. Nick, help me out here. Did they rule anything out with him in, posi- in his positional versatility when we when you talk to the scouts? So now with the scouts, but I actually asked Zachary um, where he kind of sees himself playing, and he did play mostly at – it was started 12 games at left tackle, but pr- the two seasons prior he played at right tackle as well. He said, I'm coming off a season at left tackle, so I probably have to say that's the position he sees himself at. But he's honestly felt like he could feel comfortable anywhere on the line. So I don't think there's been a determination yet on, on Zachary Thomas. Yeah, I just, first of all, I'm upset he shaved that beard because he didn't have that beard, yeah. uh, you know, on his call with reporters. It was today. nice. So that's disappointing. I don't know if that hurt his draft stock at all, but he did fall to the Bears <laughs> at 186. Um, you know, I just, when, when I looked at him a little bit and did some homework on him because admittedly was not on top of Zach Thomas, uh, you know, coming into today, um, and interested to hear what Olin Crutch will have to say on Monday after he gets a chance to watch some film on him. But uh, he, scheme fit, yes. right? Like his movement skills, he tests off the charts when it comes to mobility. So it, it's obvious Ryan Poles here after f- first couple offensive line picks has a type and that mobility, the outside zone that Olin's been talking so much about. This is somebody who fits that. So whether it's playing guard or tackle, the ability to move and get outside is a big factor here. Um, and he'll. He, and I also liked, you know, I liked his demeanor as he was talking to you guys as I watch back some of those press conferences today. Um, so interesting pick for the Bears. Again, we're into the sixth round now, guys. And, and, yeah. You know, expectations need to be lowered a little bit, but you just keep trying to take swings there because I, this conversation came up on Twitter a little bit as, the day was unfolding. Oh, you get all these picks. What does that mean? Cause it's just a crapshoot. Well, the more darts you can have, the more likely you're going to hit a bullseye eventually. And the bears have had a knack in recent years. I put the list out on Twitter earlier. There's a long list from 2014 averaging actually like over a player a year that they've hit on from the mm-hmm. fifth round on. So it, there's a decent chance that one or two of these guys is going to become a significant starter for you 100 percent, and like he said scheme fit uh he's definitely more athletic than i would say he's like strong uh, up front at the point of attack but uh in terms of you know some other variables because uh, i think they play heavily uh as well uh, as the bears have mentioned like that character and that makeup uh, i know he was voted the team captain last year at san diego state uh, so you're looking at another leader here or, or someone that at least is looked up to in a locker room so you know you have that maturity level uh, and then in terms of like that resiliency, he did tear his ACL uh, in 2018 mm. uh, in a spring practice. And when he was healthy, he was actually a backup left tackle is kind of how he was designated back. Um, but he did kind of earn his way back up to the starting lineup. So, again, I think that shows the grit uh, and the willingness to kind of work through and fight through some of those difficult times throughout his career, his life and get back on track. And here he is in the NFL. So that is, a, you know, another just element that I think should be mentioned here when it comes to Zachary Thomas. His brother got drafted too, so he was actually waiting because his brother Cameron Thomas, who plays defensive end at San Diego State, he got drafted the day before to the Cardinals, and so we were asking him, so what was your process? Like, what were you doing? Like, I was on the couch all day just waiting to get drafted, so he had all these boxes full of all the team gear, and he's like, hey, I just happened to pull out the Bears one, get drafted, so both the brothers are now in the NFL, which is definitely a cool story. Yeah, that was kind of fun hearing him talk about that. What a weekend for the uh, Thomas family out of Carlsbad, California. And then the only other thing was I spent five minutes looking up information on uh, Zach Tom. And apparently there's two offensive linemen uh, with Zachary Thomas and Zach Tom. I was like, wait a minute. 
this school's different. Let's not even worry about this guy. Let's I think, start all over. I think Zach Tom went to the Packers. That's so strange. Of he did. It's either the Packers or the Broncos because I his name came up today as I was uh, looking through. A, let's see here. Yep, Zach Tom, round four out of Wake Forest to the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Of course. Of yep, course. No. I was like, wait a minute. Like, this is this the same guy? No. I looked at the photo and everything. Like, this is strange. Like, who would have thought? Well, if you if his name's Zach Tom and the Bears drafted Zachary Thomas, then Zach Tom's got to be half the player that Zachary Thomas. That's right. Played. I like I like the way mm-hmm. you think. You know, it's just it's just math. <laughs> That's all it is there. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the sixth round. A few more picks to get through. The Bears ended up with six picks. Uh, I'm sorry, three picks in the sixth round. Uh, so we move on to 203. And Ryan Pohl said this running back class was deep. Treston Ebner ends up being the pick. Kind of all felt like he was going to take a running back at some point. Here he is, 5'11", 206 out of Baylor. Guys, turn down the tape today after they made this pick. This dude's good. Mm-hmm. Like, like he, he's he he was not necessarily the fastest running back out there, but you know he's he you watch the film and he just looks like a big bigger running back. He's got some size to him. Returnability is very very good. Three uh, kick return touchdowns in his career yep. at Baylor, so you know he's going to help out there. And um, he has special teams ability just beyond being a returner too. So he's a guy. Oh, and. Where he was actually especially a um, couple things on Ebner. One, Ryan Poles told us, comes from that outside zone scheme at Baylor. So, again, scheme fit right away off the bat. And then Ebner mentioned how he catches the ball out of the backfield. You look at his mm-hmm. film, he's he's almost like a, a hybrid, like running back wide receiver type guy, to be honest with you. He it, is. Look, looking at the film. He's uh, in high school, he was an all state receiver. And then in college, he transitioned to running back. So you see that like those natural receiving abilities, like you said, uh, on film uh, throughout his collegiate career, 127 catches over 1500 yards and 11 touchdowns coming out of the backfield as a receiver. And that's enticing because whenever he can be a mismatch for a, you know, for a linebacker, just coming out of the backfield and running because his route running is really good. Uh, so like he can get away from some guys and make some things happen. But I, I really like uh, this pick too. Like I, like you said, like running back was something that potentially could have happened if they got more picks. And you know, here we are. He's like that change of pace, uh, third down potential back. And uh, he has good vision and he's always looking for like that home run. Like you'll see him like, you know, he'll be like eyes up trying to make people miss and like fighting for every yard and looking for that extra space to make something special happen. And, you know, even though he's not the fastest, he has really good bursts. Like once he hits the corner and plants that foot, like he can go, like he can fly. So uh, all around, like this is interesting. Like this is a really interesting pick because you have, you know, a guy like a Khalil Herbert. Well, you have Khalil Herbert, you have David Montgomery. And then they brought in that other kid too off of waivers, right from Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken, a few, like a couple of months ago too. So yeah. Yeah, you have a real crowded running back room, and David Montgomery is on the final year of that rookie contract. So this could be, you know, some not forty chess, but you know, just chess in general. Yeah, I really like the vision that he displays. Even like the highlight that the Bears posted on their main website on Twitter, it's like the guy just has a, a knack for looking at where his next opportunity to gain those yards after catch are going to be, and. That's something that Bayless Jones Jr. also does as well when he's in in the open field, and obviously both of them having that return capability. I, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to seeing how that competition plays out in, in camp. Like who's getting the kick return opportunities? Because there's a couple of guys now mm-hmm. on the Bears team as it stands that are definitely capable of you know making the most out of that opportunity um, once they get in training camp. If they only go with one, I can see it being, you know, obviously, you know, Valus Jones is really good at kickoff returns as well, but I can see Ebner being the kickoff guy and Valus being the punt returner. Like, cause he, I think Valus Jones is second in the NCAA, uh, averaging with punt returns over 15 yards per pop there. Uh, so perhaps like that's how they divvy the load or maybe it just varies by week or time. Like if one guy's winded, screw it. We have another guy throw, throw him out there. Like it's not a bad position to be in whatsoever. You know, another, a couple things here. One of the things I'm noticing is we go through all these guys is durability. A lot of these guys yeah. do not miss a lot of time. Um, and even, you know, mm-hmm. you brought up Zach Thomas towards ACL. That was early on in his college career. And after that, he, he pretty much played um, 
So he bounced back from that. Um, you know, when it comes to the return, the, the thing is, is like if if Valus Jones Jr. really becomes like an important piece of the offense, like somebody they, they really need out there, then you can limit his exposure getting hurt. Yep. If mm-hmm. you use somebody else as the returner, like that was always why they didn't use Tariq Cohen more. And that's unfortunately where Tariq Cohen suffered his yeah. terrible injury that ended his bears tenure. And man, I hope it's not his NFL career because mm-hmm. he, that was off a, a punt return where he had that, that knee injury. So um, it's nice to have a few options there. The one thing I also go back to is you know, we keep having this conversation about the lack of weapons for Justin Fields. Like if there's some way to work other players onto the field, um, Ebner also was a high school wide receiver and you could see that in his pass catching ability. So, you know, maybe there's some packages they can work him on the field too, where he's actually lining up as a receiver, similar to Tariq Cohen. Um, very interesting pick that late in the draft um, for the bears four picks later. They go offensive line again, and it was Doug Kramer, the center from Illinois. Guy I've seen a lot of um, because it seems like he's been in college for 17 years, I think, at this point. (laughs) Um, But plenty of Northwestern Northwestern Illinois games, I should say, with Doug Kramer. And, um, you know, he's a he's an undersized center. But he's a he's a grinder type. Um, his film is certainly not perfect, but you know he's a type of guy that you know is going to work hard and could earn himself a couple contracts in the NFL just because of um, being able to back up and and be somebody you can, you can count on. Now, the one thing I will will worry about a little bit here is the lack of positional versatility because mm-hmm. if you want to be the backup center mm-hmm. on game day you need to be able to also back up guard. And he's been strictly a center at Illinois. So that is one thing um, that I do worry about a little bit here. But very cool story. Hinsdale Central, local kid, grew up a Bears fan. Nick, you got a chance to talk to him after you know he got selected. You could tell that that meant a lot to him to be drafted by his hometown team. Yeah, and he had all the jerseys growing up, Erlacher and guys like that. And then once he became an offensive lineman, he had our guy, Olin Kruitz's jersey, and he modeled his game after him. The physicality, the leadership, somebody looked up to uh, when he finally became and knew he was going to be an offensive lineman. So, yeah, you could definitely tell that being a Chicago Bear, being able to stay in the same state, it means a lot to him. So you, you spoke to, you know, this guy's going to be a grinder. Once he gets this opportunity to come to rookie minicamp next weekend, then you're going to see Doug Kramer – you know, putting everything out there because that's just who he is and being undersized. Like you're going to see that, that physicality, that leadership that he hopefully wants to display, but it definitely means a lot to, to be a Chicago bear. I saw uh, from swanky 32. I said that was one of his, uh, you know, high school teammates, I believe is what I saw. And always love, yeah, always love talking Chicago bears football. And obviously I can relate to that. So, you know, that makes me happy to hear. And you guys talked about, you know, how he is on the field. And I just want to mention, like, he was a finalist for the Campbell Trophy, uh, which is, like, uh, that goes to, like, the college football with the best uh, player with the best combination of academics, community service, and on-field performance. Uh, it's also known as, like, the Academic Heisman. Uh, so he was a finalist for that award this season. Uh, at Illinois, he was someone that did handle, like, all those signals and pre-snap responsibilities at the line of scrimmage, playing that center position. So he has a good understanding of just the game in general, you know, scheme and making those calls up front. And then I did see when I was doing my homework on him that he's mentioned like after his foot playing career is done, like he wants to get into coaching like already, like he knows that. And that's really neat. I think that's a testament to his leadership, uh, his love of the game of football and his uh, obviously his passion for the game too. So, you know, all of those things could lead him to, like you said, Adam, like someone that could be a grinder type in this league and you see it on film. He has a high, high motor. Like he never gives up despite, you know, some of those physical perhaps like limitations, and then he can overcome those with that work ethic. And I think that's what the Bears are hoping for by making this pick, that he can do exactly just that. All right, three more players to get through here before we are out, and we call it a weekend. We go to the seventh round. Three picks in the seventh round, starting with offensive lineman Jatire Carter out of Southern University. Here's my favorite thing about him. Do you guys know the name of his hometown? No, 
in Louisiana, White Castle. White, <laughs> White Castle, Louisiana. I love this dude. Jatire Carter um, played left tackle exclusively at Southern and um, definitely kind of a, another developmental project here a little bit, but he's a candidate to move inside to guard. I'm intrigued by him a little bit. Um, now, I did have to laugh, though, because I looked at Dane Brugler's draft guide, The Beast, and uh, this is uh, what he had to say about him. Overall, Carter might have a tough time matching up against outside speed in the NFL, but he uses his core strength and length to execute as both a pass and run blocker. He is a candidate to move inside to guard in the NFL, similar in ways to Dakota Dozier when he was coming hey. out of oh. Dakota Dozier on the Bears. All comes full circle, you guys. Yeah, I actually asked um, the area scout that the Bears, they they made available to us after each pick, which was really cool getting to talk to, to them. Uh, Breck Akeley, like, where do you see a guy like this who is only six foot three? Uh, and played, like you said, exclusively at left tackle, uh, playing in the NFL. He's like, yeah, his position, his body type, how he plays, inside, guard position. It's like, okay, I think, Will, you you knew that coming in, and uh, we just had to confirm that with, with the scout there. But that's where the Bears envision him kind of playing at. And look, the Bears still don't have that right guard position solidified. Not saying that Carter's going to be someone that goes in and plays, but there, there's at least competition there. And that's exactly what I think the Bears wanted to achieve with a lot of these later round draft picks, just bringing in guys to compete at positions. Yeah, I see from Goose, you know, uh, he's he's mentioned that like he looked good at the Senior Bowl, and he did like some of the practice film mm -hmm. I was able to watch here you know, throughout the evening was it was pretty good. Like he was able to you know hang in there with some of those pass rushers. And what I noticed about him is that build, like even though he's six three, like he's really thick and like super strong. And I think those are two attributes that you know, are a little different than other linemen that the Bears have taken so far in this draft. So I like the complementary skill set to maybe give you something, you know, a, a little bit different. And when you're running that outside zone scheme and you're on the back side of it, what he can do well is just seal off that defender, right? All you need to do is get one step and turn him. And he's so big, like he, he's just the wall. Like he, that's all you have to do is be that body and kind of pick him. And he's uh, someone that can definitely wall him off. But you know, he didn't look out of place at the senior bowl and he did a good job against some of that top talent that, uh, at the senior level. And, you know, for a seventh rounder, I've heard he has decent mechanics. It's just some of those uh, athletic traits that, you know, can they coach him up? Can he get a little bit quicker uh, reaching the second level? And it's a project for sure. But again, taking chances. And that's why, you know, Ryan Poles moved back as many times as he did. And that's why he addressed offensive linemen with the majority of those picks that he was able to kind of recoup. All right, let's move to the last two picks. These were at number, they were back-to-back -back 254 and 255. Uh, I'm going to go ahead in a minute. The safety out of California is probably the guy I know the least amount about in this draft class, Elijah Hicks. Um, he didn't even earn a draft profile in in <laughs> Dane Brugler's draft guide. Yeah. He is listed as one of the other guys to consider. Um, but in there uh, at 5'11", 200, I do, did see, though, that he had four forced fumbles. Um, so he's, you know, a guy who will take the ball away. That maybe stood out to uh, Matt Eberflus and uh, the staff in the pre-draft process. And uh, he definitely gets the award for most entertaining social mm -hmm. media video to go <laughs> up after the draft because he was all fired up. I, he used the word turnt. Uh, multiple times to describe his feelings about getting drafted. Um, so the video was hilarious. He's obviously an internet energetic guy. Um, and he seemed to say that like, that's how I play too. bring that energy. So on, on the list of players, I can't wait to talk to next week when they get to house hall for rookie mini camp, he is maybe at the top of the list. Absolutely. And even in his press conference there, Adam, like he just came with it. Look, it's the end of the day. Everyone's kind of down in there. Boom, he just raised it right up in terms of the answers he was giving, the uh, the excitement he had in his voice. So, Elijah Hicks, I have a feeling at rookie minicamp, Adam, we're just we're going to hear him. Like, you know, just in the back end of the defense yelling or doing whatever he needs to do. But it's a guy that is around the football. There were three consecutive games that he had at Cal where he had an interception. You mentioned the fumbles that he had. He was a corner and transitioned to that safety spot. And you see those traits kind of carry over there. So, Somebody that I'm really intrigued to watch and see where Eberflus is going to just play him in this defense. Because obviously you have Brisker, opposite of Eddie Jackson. But 
I wonder maybe if he's in that hybrid role in that nickel position, being that he has that corner mm -hmm. versatility. So it'll be interesting to see where the Bears actually kind of put him in this defense. Yeah, and all the other players that they got throughout free agency, it's the secondary is crowded, and it's an excellent situation for the Bears uh, to be in. But he was, you know, he was first team All Pac-12 uh, this past season uh, with the 72 tackles, three picks, and four forced fumbles. Uh, I think what kind of killed his draft stock uh, was I think he had a fracture that required surgery. Uh, okay, I was going to ask about there has to be some kind of injury because there was right. no numbers on him from the combine Correct. or pro day or anything. Mm -hmm. I, but I don't know what the fracture was on, and that's what I couldn't find either. It was just like fracture that required surgery, and I don't know if anyone can unleash the power of Google. I think Nick's on it based off of the look that uh, he's given that side screen over there. Uh, that was something I couldn't get to here this evening, but I noticed that. Uh, so instead of going to the combine or the pro day or anything, like his agent had him working through some drills and was recording them and sending those videos to you know different agents. And uh, he said he got good feedback, obviously good feedback enough. So from the bears to go ahead and get drafted here. And uh, I saw an article as well that he was mentioning, like, you know, I didn't really expect to even be drafted. Like I don't expect to be drafted, uh, but if it ends up happening, like, that's great, uh, but I'm going to find my way on the NFL roster one way you know, or uh, the other. But, yeah, he didn't have a draft profile on the Beast. He didn't have one on NFL.com, uh, the draft network, like nothing. Like it, was like it was very tough to find some info in this guy. All right. Um, real quick, I want to mention before we get to our last pick, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And we got a lot of it this weekend from the draft. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available now in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. What are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Olin got his offensive lineman, and they made me happy with the last pick. And 255, they drafted a punter, guys. Trenton Gill out of North Carolina State. He's big, man. 6'4". 219 for a punter. Where's number 99? I mean, he's not the punt god, but, you know, we'll just have to watch Buffalo Bills football with the punt god. How about the, the idea of that Buffalo wind behind him just booming the ball like 100 yards? I, I love it. I love it. You can see the tricep on him, too, man. He he lifts. You can see. There you go, Trent Gill. He just, honestly, guys, he sounded just happy to be drafted. Um, when we were kind of listening to him, he didn't know. He's like, ah, I wouldn't say that. I, I wasn't expecting it. And then he kind of said, well, he was. So I think he was just happy to be he'd be drafted. And obviously the Bears, um, why, why they decided to do that is that they didn't want to get into a competition later on with other teams if they didn't decide to draft Trent and Gill. So they went ahead and made him the last pick of Ryan Poles' first draft. And that's the benefit of trading back like he did to get all these other picks. So you can just say, screw it. I want this punter. I don't want to, you know, get in a bidding war in the undrafted free agent market. Let's get him. Let's bring him in to compete. And it, it's, again, it's one of those uh, benefits of accumulating additional picks. But, you know, overall, when you look at him, he has a decent leg. He's no punt god by any means. But uh, I'm glad that the Bears are addressing this position too and not neglecting it. Honestly, like they're keeping – you know, building competition in all of these positions. Uh, and I think that's very important, but yeah, going punter, I know makes you very happy, Adam. And you know, if you're happy and Olin's happy and Nick and I were the ones that can correctly guess some of these picks in the mocks and we're happy. Like, it's a great weekend for all of us. Perfect. Perfect draft that way. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you get 11 swings, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I just... think what tied for the most for uh, this, a team this... in the draft. Yeah. Possible. That's yeah, what I, I saw in the crazy. comments, and I can't verify it. But if that's the case, and we went from only having six picks to having tied for the most in the NFL, like, I, I, thank you. Work Ryan, Ryan Poles. Poles. Yeah, thank you, sir. 
Um, all right, we're going to finish the show as we do many times, and we're going to kind of do rapid fire, uh, but we have a ton of super chats to throw in here. So uh, Bear Forever 14 says, did we draft the next Mike Brown, Charles Tillman, and Devin Hester in this draft? I think so. I think that's for sure. What hey, <laughs> for sure. A lot of those guys happened. have a lot of the traits. Yeah, I hopefully. do see the traits. I do see the traits. I mean, the Brisker and Brown, you see it. Uh, Tillman and Gordon, yup. And then same thing with, you know, Hester. And maybe Hester could be split between, you know, a Valus as well as, uh, you know, the running back out of Baylor as well, uh, Trist, Tristan. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Of course, I was being sarcastic. And let me just put Were some, you? let me just be uh, clear with Devin. There's never going to be another Devin Hester. There's just not going to be another Devin Hester. So sorry. Um, so I don't think they drafted the next Devin Hester. But um, all right. Emiliano says the punter, best pick of the draft. Great okay. value. You know, I do like the logic with the pick, which was which Ryan Pohl said, which was just, you know, you can get into a bidding war and undrafted free agency, or you could just take a guy. And I figure that's why they added those two picks at 54, uh, 254 and 255 from the Chargers. I mean, there were some of the, they were in the last 10 picks of the draft. And to add those, it just gives you that sort of security blanket that as you get closer to undrafted free agency at the end of the night and you're going, oh, there's, you know, this many guys. And by the way, the Bears had to sign a ton of undrafted free agents just to fill out the roster. You can at least secure two with your draft picks and just be like, we don't have to negotiate. We don't have to get in a bidding more. We're just going to go ahead and grab this guy. And Trenton Gill was one of those guys at this point in the draft. So makes sense. Uh, Ascending Dead says two, 20 UDFAs in the two hours after the draft. We've been doing the show, so I don't know if it's up to 20. I do know the last time I counted up the Bears roster, there was 59 on the roster. They drafted 11 players, which gets you to 70. And you, to get to 90, you would sign 20 guys. So yeah. that's just math right there. Have fun on Monday. More math. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be that would be interesting. Uh, Sean says, in polls we trust, very different approach. Which vet free agent wide receiver do we prioritize? Well, we know who you're going to say. Well, I don't. Are you going to say Jarvis Landry? Well, you're going to say Jarvis Landry. Oh, I don't know if I am or not. I don't know that that's necessarily <laughs> the best fit. But uh, Okay. Uh, I, don't I don't even know, know who's available at this that's point. I thing. have to go check. I have to recheck who's available and see, yeah, who, who the Bears can realistically bring in. But. Yeah, veteran wide receiver, I think, is a good idea for still a very young group. I was just pointing out earlier today that he, or whenever that was, that he was still available. Okay. So, uh, I'll just, I'll, that, that was yesterday, but it does feel like today. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, all the days have run together now at this point. Um, but he would be somebody that gives you a veteran presence in the locker room. It's going to catch a lot of footballs and get open. So I don't think he's the player he once was, but. He's a volume wide receiver, and that could certainly help you at this point. Was that all of them? Maybe it was. We did do rapid fire through the super chats. Hey, thanks to everybody um, for tuning in all weekend long. I know I had a blast. Everybody worked very, very hard. And it's not just us, it's that you see on the camera, it's everybody behind the scenes at CHGO. We really do have an awesome team, um, including our producer, Lawrence, and Joey, and Steven, and Jake, and Kevin. And, KC doing social media. I mean, just a huge team of people that brought all the content uh, throughout the weekend. And uh, there's plenty to catch up on too. So um, there's one more super chat. This came up a lot in the comments. We should address, address it. Any shot we take a swing at Justin Ross. The fact that Justin Ross went undrafted and is still not signed, at least at the last point I saw, I think tells you that that neck surgery problem, problem he had is just something teams are you know i hope for his sake it's not the case but i wonder if his career is just over yeah so but very talented kid very talented kid and it's unfortunate to to see that um but sometimes that happens someone in the comments has uh brought up johnny knox's name yeah Johnny hey, knox. that happened on a kick return so a guy that was important <laughs> on offense that had True. to do kick return duties uh, that's another point you made earlier this in the show. I think that's the scariest injury I've seen in person at Soldier Field was that one. Just when that happened, that was that was tough to see. And Johnny Knox is a good dude. So, yes. um, all right. 
again, thanks to everyone. We're getting out of here. We're going to enjoy the rest of the weekend. Probably still grind some more film, write some more content for you at allchgo.com. Hopefully sleep a little bit. Will needs a nap. Um, enjoy this Basil Hayden and uh, get back to it tomorrow, I guess. And then we will see you Monday, 11 a.m., our normal time in studio. Olin Krutz will be there. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about this uh, run on linemen, the offensive linemen that they actually – uh, did go after today. Final thought from you guys. I'm going to ask you, what was your biggest surprise? Mine is that they did not draft a defensive lineman with any of those 11 picks. Ooh, that's, that's, a, that's a really well, good I one. Guess, uh, I guess I, I, let me clarify interior defense. I know what you meant. Cause yeah. Cause they did take Dominique Robinson, but you know, that three technique or that one technique type player that is still a need for them. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't double dip at receiver. I know they're going ham now in the, you know, in the undrafted class, but I really thought they would have taken two. I mean, I think it's just the one receiver. It's kind of building off of your point, Will, just because it was such a need. And every single Bears fan was like, George Pickens or nothing. And obviously they pass on him, pass on Alec Pierce, and they only get one wide receiver. So I thought that was surprising after the three days. Yeah. All right, guys, it's been fun. Uh, enjoy your night. We're back Monday at 11 a.m. We will talk to you then.